On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about a real slow start before it all ending quickly. And no, we aren't talking about Matt Patricia's head coaching career. We're talking week two win over the Lions. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Especially on Will Harris as Aaron Jones breaks loose. Aaron Jones, he's headed for the end zone. And he's going to be in with a Packer touchdown. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Offense is All Gas, No Stop. Sullivan with that pick six hop. Aaron Jones got Berman rapping Cardi B with that whoop, whoop, whoop. Continuing the trend with Green Bay on top at the Pack It Up Packers podcast. You impressed once again. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. This is Ryan with Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey, hey, hey. Woo! 2-0. 2-0 indeed. And what started off here, we have said on multiple episodes that we are anti-big deals for running backs. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to break that and say, Aaron Jones, take the money and literally run? I'm yeah. saying offer him three years for $33 million right now. <laughs> Is fitting. Total? He'll probably take it. <laughs> Total Do it. 99 all in. I do, yeah, I do think no, I'm all interested. In, all in, yeah. all in, all in. I, I, I do I, – the six, seven-year ones are like, oh, my God, what are we doing? If we can somehow wrap him up for four and knowing that Dylan's wrapped up on the rookie contract, for, like I'm set. I, I worry about long, long term, and I don't know how the cap will necessarily work. But yeah. every single game, there's something that he does, and I'm like, this is, this is the greatest thing. This is oh, the yeah. greatest thing. Sunday changed my mind on this. I think we've all been advocates for don't pay a running back. Let them have their second contract, their third contract elsewhere. And we've got four fun ones to watch. The fact that Dylan is buried on the depth chart is a good problem because when we do see him, he, he looks nice too. But Aaron freaking Jones, the guy is more of a wide receiver than Tyler Irvin is. That leaping catch he made over Daryl Roberts, holy smokes. You would have thought that was Alan Lazard, a true wide receiver. He, he was running seam routes against corners. He was running out routes. He was running flares out of the backfield. The guy's all over the place, and his running style, I'm trying to find the right word for it, and maybe we need to work on that over the next couple of weeks. Just the way he's so shifty, and it, he avoids taking the big hit, and I got to knock on wood after all the injuries this week. Uh, but he's so much fun to watch and then have Jamal Williams come in and just be a bulldozer picking up 10 yards at a time. The way Aaron Jones played on Sunday, I walked out being like, give the man $20 million a year. I don't care. This guy is our offense. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially when Devontae goes out. Like you, you saw it last year. He was the reason our offense got going. This year, he's going again. I mean, you know, it, the – the question is, you know, how long will he last? How long will those legs stay under him fresh? And how long will he have, you know, that breakaway speed that we saw on his 75-yard run? You know, some backs lose it quickly. Some backs can go pretty long. You know, he's he's pretty light, you know, and smaller. So he has that going for him. Um, and like Dan said, he does avoid hits very well just with a simple step to the side. Um, so, yeah, I say give him the money. I say go for it. Try to work something out. 
And, and how do we feel about the shades? Love them. Oh, Where do you buy board. them? Where do you buy? I them? would. No, I would never buy them because it would not work out. But love it. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking, and I'm. I'm I guess it's it's part of his Oakley sponsorship. So I'd start at Oakley.com. There we no go. No free ads. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into this game. Final score: 42-21. Second week, in which the Packers scored at least 40 points. It is only the third time, I believe, in the Super Bowl era that they have done that. Last time was in 2014. The time before then, I believe 2010, both those years, uh, somebody by the name of Aaron Rodgers won MVP. So not saying that, not jinxing it, but I'm just saying we have a really, really good track record if we can just put two 40-pointers together. Uh, As we mentioned, Adams wasn't quite uh, healthy, but still went three for three. But really, it was the Aaron Jones show. 22 touches, 236 yards. He averaged every time Aaron Jones touched the ball, he went for 10.7 yards. And I know there's some people specifically in purple and gold that are going to go, well, he had that 75-yard run, and that skews all of this. Even if you take that run away, he was still averaging 5.5 yards per carry. It just was an amazing, amazing game. But what are your guys' biggest takeaway from this Week 2 win against the Lions? My biggest takeaway is – that the offense came out with energy again, you know, for the second week in a row, um, you know, they, our defense started a little slow. We'll get to that, but our offense came out with energy again. You know, they, they got scored on 14 to three, you know, but that didn't stop when we scored, got 14, 10. And then with Detroit making a ton of mistakes at the end of the first half, you know, went into halftime when we weren't really playing that well up 17, 10. So, I love what our offense did again. And then after halftime, they just took off. So uh, I, I love the direction. Um, there are so many weapons. I I still think mm-hmm. we have not even touched near the tip of the iceberg of this offense nope. um, because with two blowouts, they're not showing everything, you know. So it'll be interesting to see once we actually get a close game to see what Lafleur's game plan is and what that type of strategy entails. But as of right now, it's so exciting to watch with everybody. But your point at the end was going to be my entire takeaway from this offense was I, I don't think they're, they've are they reached their peak by any means, and they've put up 1,000 yards and over 80 points. The, the offensive line is just fundamentally sound. You, you watch the Lions throw blitzes. You watch them you know drop back D linemen and, and do that zone blitz scheme where a linebacker comes in and runs stunts, and they were just picking the guys up cleanly every time. It, uh, Aaron Jones, a 75-yarder, just a perfect double team by Jenkins and Bakhtiari on the D lineman that let Jenkins go get to the middle linebacker and seal him off and then Jones did his thing the line is 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 borderline special right now the way that they're rotating guys all over the place I mean we're looking at Elton Jenkins being 24 years old and he has not allowed a sack in 20 career games and he's only allowed one quarterback hit guys that's just insane so the fact that they're putting up these stats and there were six drops, two by tight ends on back-to-back plays in the red zone. Jace, get your together. Son, <laughs> come out. He at least admitted it. He said it looked like I was trying to build a house out there with all those bricks. <laughs> 
But uh, there were some fun concepts. Uh, the second part I'll add to the offensive line play was LaFleur's scheme. I think we saw a little bit more of it come out this week. The the pre-snap motions really open up a, a complexity to this offense that we haven't seen in, in years past. There was a play, Tyler Irvin goes from wide receiver, pre-snap behind Rodgers. The ball gets snapped. He does a 180 back to the same side of the field and catches a screen pass. And, you know, just so happens he's wide open. That's something that I feel like as Packer fans, we always watch that happen around the league and thought, oh, what a crazy play concept. But we never actually saw our guys run it. We're, we're starting to see in year two of this offense, Rodgers is playing within the confines of that of that. And the pre-snap motions are really opening some things up. It's it's going to be fun to watch the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I totally agree with a couple of your points. Tyler Irvin, uh, he, it's it's so much fun. Every time he's on the field, I just watch him because he's literally the guy that they use to distract uh, the defense. You know, wherever they put him, normally the play's not going, but they're moving him to see what the defense is doing, or they're moving him to his side to just clear out defenders. You saw him um, multiple times um, on passes over the middle where there were no defenders to be seen. He was the guy running either, you know, straight up the field or clearing out the safeties or the linebackers. I mean, it's very interesting to see how they're using him. You know, he's not getting a lot of catches or anything when he's lined up at wideout, but they're still using him in a strategic manner. And then the other one that I wanted to point out was Robert Bobby Tanyan. Bobby Tanyan's route in the, in the red zone. It was beautiful. He was the only one him and Rodgers were the only one that knew he was going to turn around at that point in time, did a swim move over the corner because he was too short, and then just caught it with the corner not even knowing that he was there. So Is that what you was, call a push-off? Uh, no, no, he, was, he went over him. He went over All right. But anyways, it was beautifully done. Um, and then other other than that, the, the lineman that you were talking about, Wagner at right tackle, I thought did a great job. Um, first time out there because he didn't play week one. Um, and on the outside, I love what he does when they pitch it to Jones on the outside. Wagner sets that edge very nicely because um, he's very quick on getting getting out and around. Um, so, yeah, everything that I saw from this offense, I mean, it's just it's beautiful to watch two 40 point games in a row. I, I you can't you can't dream that up, boys. And what's really interesting is I think people assume that 40 point games are, are are more standard that we're just used to Packers offense just not being quite up to the level of some of these high powered offenses you look at the Super Bowl champion Chiefs last year during the regular season the total number of games that they went 40 points or more was twice so we're already matching that with 14 weeks ago and I granted everything's different and everything like that but I think if you would have told people you know, well, what about the Chiefs? They would automatically assume that's an every week thing. It's not. It's a, other than maybe the Ravens, because I think they were probably pushing around five or six weeks of over 40. This is just an unbelievable start. With that, I I think the Vikings against Colts showed that they're just not not where they need to be defensively. Uh, on, honestly, Yannick needs time. They don't have Hunter. I get it. But that secondary is in trouble and they have a lot, a lot of growing pains to go through. And if the Colts didn't kick about 17 field goals, they blow them out of the water equally. Um, But I do think that the Lions defense did what they needed to do. You know, the score won't obviously show up, but I I thought that week two was purely LaFleur scheming where week one was we just overmatched them in every possible angle. I, I think the floor gets a lot of credit. And I want to throw this in when we were talking about tight ends. I was really bummed to not see DeGuro, which I can't believe four months ago I would never have said that. 
But he had such a perfect week one, and with a young guy, to get confidence early in a season is so crucial, and it was such a surprise not to see him. And with that, it was kind of a double negative because that was the time for Jace to say, look, I'm here. I had a, I had a rookie season that was taken away from me for injuries. I, Packers, you have three young tight ends. Don't you worry. And it just was not the game that I think he wanted from a blocking and a catching perspective. But overall, I don't think this offense is quite where they need to be. But to do what they did in the North already this season is absolutely unbelievable. We did. I rewatched about three-fourths of the game just before we started recording, and we actually ran a fullback wheel route where Josiah DeGuara would be lined up, but it was love it. The practice squad fullback brought up, and Rodgers was looking for him, and he was was hustling, but he was covered, and we ended up checking it down to Aaron Jones on that play. Uh, I expect them to hit on that at least once this year, and we're all going to go wild having called that one. A couple questions before we shift to defense. Um, we talked about the Vikings and Lions might yes, just Super be Bowl. trash, right? The Lions doubled Devontae out of the gate. They put a safety over the top of him um, as long as he was on the field for the most part. Do you think that's something we can expect to see often? I would think so. Uh, and that's where I think LaFleur's game plan came into it. I think that everybody in the world thought we were going to throw the ball around and we came out rushing. I'm okay. As long as MVS keeps doing what he needs to do, Lazar keeps doing the tight ends, I'm okay. If Somebody's going to have to get doubled. It's either another guy in the box or it's going to be another guy back. So I'm fine either way, but I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah, and even if they do continue to double him, he'll continue to just juke him out on within three <laughs> yards, get separation, and get a quick pass. I mean, you saw it. They couldn't take him over top. You know, They, yeah. they kept on bringing him either inside or outside um, and having getting him the ball pretty quick. Um, so I'm, and honestly, I was going to talk, uh, they're getting open. Our, our wide receivers are actually mm-hmm. getting open this year. Um, I, I would be afraid if I was any other team facing us to play man coverage. Like if you're playing man coverage on us, you better have some athletes at corner because MBS is going to blow by, past your guy. Alan Lazard can catch over anyone. And Devante is just Devante. I mean, the wide receivers are actually looking a lot better than last year now. Like you said, is it the talent that we're playing against? There were a lot of rookies, a lot of young guys that we were playing against. You know, well, Kuda looked so hesitant. He Man, looked like just he was tripping over deep. his own feet. Yeah, like, he just didn't want to get beat deep. And, and to your point, we ran Devonte down the middle for a deep shot at one point, but you knew there was a safety sitting 15 yards back off the screen. But you're right, MVS has become our speed guy, and Lazard has become like our possession guy. Not that he doesn't have the speed, but he's making some tough catches, including that fourth down catch early in the game to extend the drive. And I agree with you guys. If they want to double Devonte, the depth of this offense is going to shine, and it looks like Rod trust all of them they, he's got four different tight ends he's, he can go to i wonder if eq comes back if that gives him three other wide receiver weapons and then he trusts all these running backs out of the backfield it's gonna be hard to game plan against other questions since we're still on the offense do you think the lions were trying to set a tone and by that i mean were those hits dirty yeah, I mean it's Patricia. I mean, I, he he preaches he preaches you know go to the whistle, go as hard as you can. You know uh, that one safety, what was it, Harris? I mean, literally back to back, leading with the helmet plays, uh, very dangerous. Um, uh, yeah, I, would, I 
I would say it's in conference. I mean, in division. I mean, yeah, 100%. I was so thankful MVS got back up. That one was cringe. Both times. (laughs) Here's the thing. And here's the thing. Obviously, I don't want to see that happen, especially towards a Packer player. This might be the turning point of MVS's career, though, to come out solid in week one, to come out in week two and just get literally smacked up. (laughs) And came Sometimes right you gotta back get lit again. Up. And then came right back again. Old MVS at any point last year after that second hit would have been like, see you guys, I'm out. Don't even give me the ball. I, I can't. I don't want anything to do. And he came back and caught it. I really, really hope that this is the final kind of step in his progression of, of being an NFL wide receiver where he goes, I can take anything. G- give me the ball. So I think yeah, it might maybe. actually work out long term. I think even if he has a drop a game, which I don't think he's going to end the year with 16 drops, but even if he has a drop a game, he's a weapon you continue to mix into the offense because of what all the other weapons can do, what he opens up. You know, he had a borderline drop in the end zone. I'm guessing LaFleur called that a drop in his six number he came out with. Uh, but it's just a guy you're going to have to continue to feed the ball, whether whether he's dropping them or not. He he just opens up so much. His speed is a, a different level, especially with how good his route running has become this year. I mean, he's compared to last year. It's night and day what he is doing in route running. So you got to you got to feed him if he's open. Feed him. So let's turn to the defense where I believe after the first quarter, I was in the corner of the park crying. I thought what happened I thought we'd be somewhat better at defense. Kirksey, where are you? Preston, where are you? Uh, we all, I mean, Dan called a pick six, so congrats. We weren't quite sure it was going to be mm-hmm. Sullivan. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, but let's talk and start here. Is Gary our best edge rusher right now? No. No, Zedarius still. No. <laughs> No, he played. I, I you have to be impressive. You have to be impressed so far, though. The pick six with pressure, I call it. I would like all do. Uh, you can send money to my Venmo to thank me for, like Ryan said in week one, for that tip you could take to Vegas and count on. We'll, we'll come up with week three's bet moving forward. Rashawn Gary looks nice. Remember, he's 22 years old and he came out a year early. So if this was his rookie year, it is not. But if this was his rookie year, how stoked would we be about his future, right? So the, the guy still has some limitations. Zadarius is opening up a ton of things by moving around the D-line. But what I want to call out here is watching the game back, how many times Preston Smith dropped into coverage. Can we be done with that? The guy's a big body, but he does not have the kind of lateral movement that you're looking to see. This is going to be the biggest thing I have my eye on Sunday night against the Saints is just watch them find a way to get Kamara matched up against Preston Smith in the passing game. I don't know why that's our game plan right now, and it, it confuses me, but we're not hearing from Preston Smith because he's dropping into coverage. And I was going to say the same thing. I believe it was Swift coming out of the backfield. Preston was four feet behind him. Like, he, there was no catching up, and you just saw the pass coming across the middle, and it's Preston just for dear life trying to hold on to stay within the grasp. 100% agree. Preston these first two weeks has been – uh, invisible, but I also think that they're using him in a way that by no means helps the situation. Yeah, and the only time that you really that I really saw, maybe I'm wrong, but the only time that I really saw him rush the passer was later in the game. Uh, I, like you said, it, during the beginning of the game, middle of the game, he was really non-existent, focusing on run. 
if, if he was rushing at all, uh, he'd collapse in the line normally. Um, so it, it was very interesting. But Gary, got to give him some credit. I've been harping on the man forever. He actually played a full game. He caused disruption from inside, outside. He used different moves <laughs> than just his hands. Just give like, the man some snaps. That's all I've been saying. Just give him some snaps. Like he was impressive. I'm I. Uh, I'm excited to see the progression of Gary and both Smiths on the field. Uh, I, I think you're going to see it more and more, especially with the progression of Gary and Zadarius having so much success up the middle uh, in the early parts of the season. Um, but th- isn't it amazing how much I think Zadarius is double teamed on every single play and he still is getting a sack a game. Like that is just so impressive to me that somebody is focused on and yet he still produces. All I can say is I know he he tweeted about it. Snacks Harrison, please. Can we we need somebody in that middle? I think Lowry was the only one that showed up in that middle frame with two tackles. Like we are going to just get run literally over if we don't address that. And I hope Kenny Clark's back for this the Saints game. But I think we dodged a bullet. I don't know why the Lions completely abandoned the run. Completely. They owned us for a quarter and then decided, you know what, guys? I think we need to start throwing the ball around. (laughs) It made no sense. It reminded me, actually, I think of last year's Vikings game where they had it. Cook was off and running every single play, and they stopped. Uh, I don't understand that play calling, and it definitely covered up a lot of weaknesses that we showed very early on. Tyler Lancaster was already getting run over in this game. I mean, (laughs) it was bad. Well, during the play and after the play. Yeah. And and Kirksey, like like you're saying, he was invisible in the first half. Uh, And then they started to pass and he started to show up on film a little bit more. Um, He's looking good in pass coverage, but I'm wondering where he is in the rush. I haven't really watched him that much and I want to take a little bit more look. Um, But, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about Kirksey. Yeah, Ryan, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think we got lucky that the Lions just forgot who they were. They came out with a bunch of cheap shots and running the ball, and they're just like, we're going to be this dirty, little, you know, pesty little brother in the division that just try to messes you up and see if we can hang in the game. They get up 14-3, to and then Adrian Peterson ends with seven total rushes, and he was averaging over five a carry. I'm like, what? What were they thinking? But that le- we all know the D-line is, is hurting. I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. Kirksey versus Blake Martinez, two weeks in. How do you guys rate those guys? Rate that trade-off? Kirksey's definitely better in pass coverage. I mean, you could definitely – he almost had two interceptions later in this game. I think it was the fourth quarter. Um, one went which right is, through his hand, and then Redmond got in his way in the other. Which is what we were begging for, right? A, a middle linebacker better in pass coverage. I'd – is it going to hurt us in the run game? I think they're even right now. Like, you could honestly be like, you want to flip back to Blake? And I'd be like, fine. Like, I, I have no, at this point, have seen nothing from Kirksey. Other than I just think he's a lovable guy, and I think he's really meshed well with his team. But I, I, yeah. it's tough. I, I think it's also part of Pettin's system. He asks way too much of these inside linebackers. If you guys see pre-snap, how much space is around the inside linebacker empty space where no players are that's his responsibility how can one person cover all that space i mean back 
when we used to play, you know, standard four, three defense, you know, you had three guys there. Now you have one. And if they're spread out with five wideouts or even four wideouts, there's still only one in the middle. So it's, it's just interesting. Um, I was watching some other teams that do the same thing and it's very similar, but there's little success at stopping the run when there's one inside linebacker that's responsible for all that space. So it's interesting. I'm going to keep watching it, but yeah. Yeah. If you want to look at it from the optimistic side, I agree, Ryan, I put in my notes, I would consider that trade off just equals right now. Like, we we got the same player for less money. That's good. But the optimistic side would be he's only had two games in the system. Maybe that playmaking is something that, you know, just takes live game repetitions and we'll see that in the back half of the year. So, it, you know, the, the biggest thing was Martinez was always available. He was always healthy. So if it is a true equal trade off, then Kirksey better stay healthy. Well, and that's uh, but he, he's played 100 percent of the snaps so far this year. Kirksey, mm-hmm. this is his first year back in two years. First full year back playing in two years, right? So is that going to catch up with him too? Yeah, that lends me to ask this question to you guys. Chris Barnes, I thought he was making some nice plays, but then he only ended up with 15 total snaps. What happened there? I think because they went and focused on the pass. I mean, I I think that guy is definitely a run linebacker. He fills the holes very fast. Like, Like you said, he played pretty good. Uh, the very few snaps he had. I mean, how many tackles did he end up? He, three tackles total, uh, one by himself. I didn't get through the whole game, Josh, yet on the on the rewatch. So Chris Barnes, I assume those snaps were early. And then is that where we started to see Raven Green and Vernon Scott with Barnes getting subbed out? Yep. Yep. Bar- Barnes okay. was uh, mostly in the beginning of the game. That makes sense. Okay. He had that early crazy. pressure on Stafford even. It, he's making plays. I, what was his draft pick status, or was he undrafted? Un, undrafted. undrafted. Oh, yeah. yeah and then you have Vernon Scott making a difference as a seventh-round pick. I, I I know it's early, but this deep end of the draft has worked out amazingly That the, to the point where Barnes and Scott have done enough in two games that – their position in the draft has already – they've already made it. Like it's already been a, considered a win in that draft even if they kind of fall off and don't do much the rest of the season because you don't expect much from an undrafted player and a late, late seventh rounder. But it's it's probably not good when your standout is Vernon Scott on this defense. But well, it's uh, – that, that brings us secondary to the last position. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. brings us to the last position. Do you, want, do you want to start with safeties, Josh, or would you like to start with corners? <laughs> go, go safeties. Go safeties. <laughs> Where were they? <laughs> yeah. And for the second week in a row, they get burnt when they're playing deep. I don't understand. Amos is known for covering deep, too. So I don't understand why his eyes are either on the quarter. I don't know where they are, um, but they're not where they need to be. And he's not in position. Um, Two weeks in a row getting beat on the deep pass. It's just not acceptable, especially for two guys that should be pretty elite talent as far when we're talking about safeties in the NFL. Um, it, It just doesn't look like they're on the same page with the defense. They look like they're on their own world. Yeah, I feel like what we're going to get out of Adrian Amos is more steady than elite, and I'm okay with that. Savage was a guy I was expecting a year two jump, and he comes down in the run game like a missile, like full speed ahead. That's great, but it seems like the running backs are already five yards downfield. It's like, man, where were you for the first five yards? So I'm, I'm expecting more from the safeties. I, I think there's a weakness straight through the middle of our defense, which is exactly where you want to be strong. So that's, that's something that concerns me. Corners, though, 
I think if we're talking about paying Aaron Jones, how about Kevin King? Not thrown at once this week. Do you try to pay him while he's still affordable? Because if you let him go through the year playing like this, he's going to be expensive. Uh, that's a. Uh, I do love the idea of having. Uh, in a grand, <laughs> in a dream world, we get all these guys. Yeah, get all loaded of them, up. Yeah. Because I mean, between Alexander and him together, I love it. I. I it's. I just don't be, see it happening. I, I see a corner. Even if we had to like take King out right now, you know, I, I think we're okay. You know, mm. we would struggle at that two spot and three spot. Yeah. It wouldn't be perfect, but they would grow just like King did, you know, through his. I had it. I had in my notes, Shannon Sullivan, although he had the pick six, he got worked a couple of times, specifically by Amendola. He so like he's not he's not yet that nickel guy that you have complete faith in. And then Josh Jackson, he's nowhere to be seen. You said something about late in the fourth, but he couldn't even catch on punt coverage. I don't trust him. To be yeah, on the I mean, field he had a nice coverage at the fourth quarter, but it was not nuts in time. So yeah, so I, I don't know. I we got two great corners. I I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere. At the idea of paying him now because he might be able to increase his pay by like five million a year if he plays another fourteen games like this. But what are we going to do about Bakhtiari, Jones, and King? Like, can you sign yeah. all three? With a yeah. decreasing salary cap, like it's, it's not literally it's not a million prime. dollar question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and to your point, you got to sign Bakhtiari. Jones being a running back, he, I don't know, he's proven his worth. So King is the odd man left out, right? It, even if you have enough money to sign Bakhtiari and Jones to begin with, said so it's the Aaron Rodgers problem. You got a great quarterback, you got to pay him thirty five a year. You you can't keep all the other good players. But boy, the way these corners tackle is so much fun <laughs> to watch. Oh man. They both and, can tackle, and they and don't they mind And they gang tackle, face. too. Like, they, they go help each other out. They see their man all around the legs. They're coming in hot. So with that, we we peek ahead slightly to next week, which is is what we circle in the calendar of. Ooh. If they can pull this off, we, we might be in business. Saints have yet to play because they're on Monday night. Uh, I would hope Kenny Clark can find a way. It's already – Came out as we were recording this podcast that Devonte Adams wanted to go back in and was okay to go back in. And at that nice. point in the fourth quarter, they said, "Nope, you're nice. you're done for good the day." So and he'll Michael be good Thomas to go. Still out, right? IR was three weeks. He is going to attempt to at least warm up tonight. So we'll see if he ends oh, up playing or not. So been put on a, So we might see Michael Thomas. We're going to be tested next week. We'll we'll know if we're good or our Lions and Vikings are just terrible. <laughs> So we'll we'll wait patiently for Monday Night Football. We'll we'll scope it out. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, it there is by no stretch of the imagination, uh, they're not on the same level in terms of Saints versus Lions and Vikings from offense and defense. So it's going to be tough, but we will deal with that next episode. So until then, thanks everybody. Go pack, go. Oh, 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 oh.